Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. We often go long, so get ready. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone, I hope you're having a great day. I'm doing awesome, just a little bit emotional at the moment because life is flying by in a flash. Let me tell you why. Today is Wilder DeBoom's last day of kindergarten. How did that happen? You know, I feel like we're all going through this journey together. Each day we wake up, we accomplish things, and we go to bed. And some days we accomplish huge things like running a marathon. And some days we accomplish going to the grocery store and taking a nap, or most of us aren't that lucky (laughs) to take a nap. But no matter what I check off my list in a day, I finally realized that there are a few non-negotiables for me. And so here they are. This is what I want to accomplish every day. Laughing, hugs, some sort of physical movement, and a few moments to really connect with Tim. Like seriously connect, even if it's two minutes. And it's just really that simple. So when I start to freak out about my list which is huge and always huge and constantly grows and I check things off and more things come, it just helps me to remember that in the end, being alive is about so much more than crossing things out. It's about the little basics that keep us going. And so when huge things happen, emotional things like your kid finishing kindergarten and it makes you realize that life is going by too fast, It helps bring me back to the day and where I am right now and remembering that if I can laugh, if I can hug, if I can move, and if I can connect, then I've done it. (laughs) So as today's guest, Rose Wetzel, superstar, would say, it's about being alive because what the world needs is more people who have come alive. That's your little teaser. Um, so before we get rolling, I want to make sure that you know that you get a special deal at this wonderful company that I founded many years ago called Skirt Sports. Just take a moment to get over to skirtsports.com and use the code RTWPODCAST15, run this world podcast 15, RTWPODCAST15, Um, for 15% off because, as I mentioned, one of my non-negotiables is some form of movement every day. And I know that that's important to you too. And as Rose will mention, you will hear soon on today's episode, the things she wears are an extension of who she is too. So finding products that fit your body so you don't even need to think about them while you're working out is a perfect way to honor this concept. You like how I pulled all that together? So that's RTW Podcast 15. That's the code to use on the website or at the Boulder flagship store at 28th and Pearl. You have till the end of June to use this code. All right. So on to today's amazing guest. I was introduced to Rose 
by an old friend who I used to swim against when I was growing up, Jen Cohen. Jen, I've mentioned you in previous episodes. Quick shout out to you again. Thanks for listening, um, reconnecting with me as an adult and uh, connecting me to such an amazing person. And by the way, folks, Jen also connected me to two other guests on the show, Carolyn Joyce, the swimmer, and Coach Christina Shevshunis. So Jen, maybe we need to get you on the show sometime because you're such an amazing connector. All right, let's talk about Rose for a minute. Rose Wetzel is a former runner. She ran at Georgetown. She's a badass. Then she pursued elite running post-college until she got into Spartan racing and finally, and more recently, became a contestant on the very popular American Ninja Warrior show. Uh, Rose recently moved to Boulder from the Pacific Northwest, which is a huge change in itself, namely due to lots more sun. (laughs) But, um, you know, not only locations changed, but she did this with a nine-month-old baby and a husband who didn't already have a job here. So in other words, she's taking a leap of faith and currently living in the slightly uncomfortable place between adventure and security. Um, I love this interview for many reasons. Rose is real. She's open. She lets us into her life, into her process, and even into her mind when she's on the starting line. All right, I bet you can't wait. So on that note, then let's line up. Ready, set, let's go. You get comfortable because, you know, I'm sitting here with... American Ninja Superstar, <laughs> Rose Wetzel. Um, and Rose, you have a little mini injury coming in here today. Yeah, I just was practicing the warp wall with some ninjas yesterday. And um, Wait, what? The what wall? The warp wall. Like the wa- the, oh, yeah, 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 so yeah. there's okay. a yeah. gym around here I was training with, and I pulled my calf a little bit. So I'm just icing it and being... You know, hopefully smart about it and just taking an extra little week to taper before yeah. a little American Ninja Warrior in a week. Okay, wait. So we got we have so much to talk about, but we should actually talk about that since we're already on it. Wait, you're going back on TV again. Yes. So I had a baby nine months ago and I am, you know, I moved to Boulder and I'm uh, just really uh, trying to, to you know, get myself back to, to, you know, where I was, that, that spot where I could um, just feel strong and, and, and capable of, of doing, you know, different obstacles and, 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 and still running and all that. And uh, it's just, it's taken longer than I thought it would, but that is life uh, with a baby. And, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm back on the show. I compete in one week and do I wish I had a couple more months to train? Yeah, but again, I'm just, I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a pretty good spot and I'll just focus on this calf getting it healed up and then I'm just going to go and give it my absolute best and my mantra will be float and fly oh i like that float and fly so wait is this live or is this recorded no so this is recorded and then the show is the minneapolis city qualifier and minneapolis region and it will air in two to three months oh cool the last yeah the last of the of the regions okay so we're what are you wearing well that is a very good question (laughs) we're not allowed to wear any logos um okay so Almost every year I have worn, um, so I've done, I did it a couple of years and then um, I got wild carded to the Las Vegas finals. So I was, uh, and then I did Team Ninja Warrior. So I've been on the show essentially six times in, in two years before I had my baby. And I like to wear 
a combination of red, white, and blue, and then I'll put um, a combination of red, white, and blue stars, like just the iron-on appliques on top. So it's funny because so it matches the show. You're like bedazzling your own outfits, and you pretty can't, much like you can't really have like sponsor assistance because you can't wear logos. And is no, that- you can't wear logos, and I think it's because. I don't know if they ever were to get like a sponsor for their show. They want to be able to say, hey, we have this clean of all logos. And so yours would be the only logo. And yeah, I think it's just something along those lines. But um, but yeah, so um, some people get really creative with their outfits. And, you know, Captain NBC has his green hair and his, his whole, you know, his whole shiny outfit. So it's just fun. It's fun to, I've always, I've always used, I'm not like a super high fashion person, like, out with the latest, you know, fashion, fanciest jeans, all that. However, I I see what I wear as an expression of who I am, and it's almost like an artistic expression. So I like bright colors and, um, you know, just kind of a bold, a bold patterns and things like that. And my my psychoanalysis of myself is that. I'm the eighth of nine children, and there was one day when I was quite young that I was left in a rest area for qu- quite a while, um, and until my family, my family didn't drive up um, until I think it was an hour or two later, and, and the um, police had already showed up to like take me away because the cookie stand at the rest area off the highway was closing for the night. So I feel like, and then my there are clunky old station wagon pulled up, and I like ran over, and everyone was like so sorry, and I was like, it's okay, thanks for coming back, even though like I knew. Wait, how old were you? <laughs> I, I was, I thought I was eight, but my sister was like, actually, I think you were only five, and I was like, great, so that means that was one of my first memories ever. <laughs> and so you actually remember this? I do distinctly, down to the gold tooth of the police officer who smiled at me to say I was going to jail, basically. Oh but not jail, my, you know. Gosh. So, so I have this theory that that's kind of why I'm kind of like I don't know loud and like bright stuff like don't forget me guys i'm here <laughs> um so yeah so i am bedazzling my own outfit for american ninja war because to me that's also a way to kind of de-stress and, and make sure i'm having fun along with competition because i mean i've been competing in track and field uh, ran for georgetown and then uh post-collegiate was trying to make the olympic trials in middle distance and then i just down doing as a professional obstacle course racer it's like i just need to have an element of fun or i will go a little crazy (laughs) oh my okay we're coming back to the athletics and and the fun and we got to dig back into this i was one of how many siblings so i um so one of nine kids so one of eight i have eight siblings um maria eddie greg zach donk martin mary rose joe so i'm the eighth of nine Wait, that say that lineup. again. Do it again. Maria, Eddie, Greg, Zach, Don, Brian, Mary, Rose, Joe. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, I am. I'm the eighth of nine, and my mom and dad, I don't know how they did it. I, oh, man, now that I've been through, like, labor and delivery, and I happen to be a 37-hour active labor, unmedicated, uh, <laughs> resulting in my placenta, not resulting in, I had a, resulting in a wonderful, healthy baby, but then my placenta didn't come out for no known reason, so I'm whisked from the center in an ambulance to the hospital with my baby on me the whole time had a d an emergency dnc where they took my placenta out as i'm bleeding out had two blood transfusions <laughs> and then now i'm like oh it's taking me so long to get back in shape but i'm ready to just roll and race again i love racing i miss racing and that's like oh but you were bleeding out a few months ago like you need to remember that it's gonna take a while because a lot of people will come back with extra blood um new moms will but i'm i'm behind the eight ball so 
I have to be patient. But so yes, yeah, so I have to remember to have my fun and keep my perspective all oh, the yeah. while. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, you mentioned like you, you kind of brought up childbirth and the fact that like your mom did this nine times. Oh yes. Thank you. Right. Yes. So like exactly. this is, and I actually, your, your birth story with your daughter is absolutely incredible because you are that tough, you know? <laughs> oh, I had no choice. Well, you didn't have a choice, but <laughs> but thank you. But I had no choice. I mean, no, I mean you, in a birth center, there is no medication. So the thought of asking for it, 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 and I don't think that someone's not tough if they do, because they're, every birth is different. So um, I, I think it's, I, I, I would never want someone to think that they failed or weren't tough if they needed medication. Sometimes it's just different. Sometimes if you need to use, uh, be induced with Pitocin, it just takes the, the contractions to a, a whole nother level. So it's just, it's not like I wanted to do it for some bad of honor it was just like i had a friend who had an epidural and had epidural headaches and couldn't do pulps afterwards and she was like boy if you can do anything to avoid it i would and i was like okay i'm gonna transfer myself from the hospital um uh plan to a birth center plan so that i don't have the option so even okay. if i'm like what, what's this birth center thing though i don't know what so that birth means center is just where you have a midwife um and okay. you don't you do not have op you do not have access to so this is this is common especially in like the pacific northwest where i'm from and, and where i gave birth you just you have a midwife and she was awesome um and you have a doula usually mm -hmm. who can help you you know work through the the contractions um of course my husband tim was there and he was awesome um but i know he really appreciated having other people my sister was there um one of my sisters but yeah so it was just a matter of um just it was a marathon <laughs> ultra marathon of totally. of labor contractions i mean i had a lot of i had in the beginning i had a decent amount of rest well i had i mean the contractions started a couple days before but it was it was dilation of six active labor is what they call like labor um is when they count the hours. So it's 37 right, hours okay. of active labor, not to mention Tim's husband's like, it was a way over 40 hours. I'm like, well, this is what they're counting it as, where it's like starting to get intense and consistent. Um, and it was just exhausting. I mean, it, it hurt. It didn't feel great. Don't get me wrong, of course. And by the end, it was like, it was like sprinting with all you had, like 100 meter sprint with everything you had, but you knew you had to do that for like an hour or two, you know, so it just, it's like, you just, you had to go, to, I had to go to this place that was so deeper than I've ever gone to, even in the most intense 800 meter race or marathon race or world championship Spartan race. I mean, just, it was just so crazy. And there was no other way to do it because they said, um, if I didn't, you know, um, have my baby soon, um, cause she was just kind of stuck in my little hips um that I would have to be transferred to the hospital and they'd have to have you know a c-section and all that which wouldn't be the end of the world but I was so ready to meet this baby and I did not want to go into a car and have to go to oh a bright God. hospital and check in <laughs> there and then have it you know a surgery and then and then you know I wanted to be able to run as soon as I could afterwards and so to have to have a, a you know c-section would just put me back a little further so anyways it's a little belated for Mother's Day but to all the mamas out there holy smokes including my mom, especially my mama, um, my eyes have been opened to what uh -huh. it is like to to be, and really all the parents, I and mean, obviously dads aren't, aren't giving birth, and that's a huge part of it, and then all the hormonal aftershocks after, but... But, you know, to the dads who are really involved and are, you know, like my husband, they're, 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 they're feeding at night when they can and, and, and just really involved. Props to you, because it is, it is, it's, it's a lot of work, um, 
but at the same time it is just it's so it's so wonderful to have that little baby our little baby she just well, giggles and she's i so mean fun. there's so much to this too because you talk about like having to go to a whole nother level when you're when you're in labor mm-hmm. right oh yeah and and if you guys want to hear rose <laughs> go through contractions, you can Google Spartan podcast because they did one while you were freaking in labor, which is hilarious. Um, But anyway, I was listening to that for some prep today. Um, And it's, it's really incredible because you can literally hear you go through the process of like trying to force yourself to relax through the contraction that's Mm -hmm. obviously clearly painful. And then once it's over, you're kind of talking again. Like a little breathless, but talking. Right. And I had the, the my, because my, it took me so long to dilate. Um, so 37 hours was just from dilation of six to 10. And so <laughs> again, like basically like my husband's like, you were in labor for three days. I wasn't in labor. I was having contractions, but they weren't painful <laughs> for, you know, but, um, but it's just like, I did get a lot of rest in between. So it wasn't like, like some people, if they're induced with pedosin, it's like, boom, 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 boom. They're having contractions, like, and only like 30 seconds rest. I would have like four or five minutes rest. So I would have time to like regroup. I mean, this is at least in the first, you know, by the time I got to like transition eight, it was just like, different it was a whole nother level right, of like right. boom 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 yeah but for but for you know like a day it was just just it was you know still very intense in a way but i had rests in between for a few minutes to recharge but really what it made for was just a really long and drawn out exhausting endeavor and by the end i remember thinking like i just you don't eat so much and you just like i just was so unbelievably tired but then i had to like push which takes every ounce of energy you could possibly imagine Mm -hmm. it literally was a sprint like i remember just lying back and like everyone's like holding my feet up and it was just like my eyes were closed and they're just my support systems all around me and they're just like cheering me on and cheering me on i'm just like (laughs) ah (laughs) it's intense it's quite the experience well you know well, I and I had a different experience than you because I had to be induced and had mm-hmm. the Pitocin oh, and yeah. had that IV the whole time. And oh. my whole concept of the natural childbirth just sort of went out the window. I ended up with happens. a C-section. Yeah, and that happens. But, yeah. but I wasn't racing as a professional athlete anymore who wanted or thought there might be um, a timeline to getting your body back and your fitness back and all that. So it was a little less pressure maybe than even you were thinking. And you know... I, I want to come back to the the body, you know, uh, expectation and talk for a minute about this idea of toughness. Okay, so I remember getting some uh, body work done. It was actually on my Achilles, a super painful injury that I'd had by a local guy named Mark Plagis, who's like a super rock star, um, former uh, marathon world champion. And, um, and he's an incredible PT. He's from South Africa. And I remember I would, he was rubbing out my Achilles before I had my baby. And I was just saying, F, 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 F. And, you know, this is, <laughs> and I'm just kind of saying it and, and I'm trying to control my breathing and all that. And he's like, You're doing pretty good. He goes, The worst are the men. They don't have any, <laughs> they, they're not very tough. Then the women who haven't had babies, but then the women who've had babies, they barely flinch. And so even though I didn't have the level of pain you had, I still went through a traumatic experience having a birth. I mean, it's kind of what it is. It is. what our bodies go through. 
And I honestly, I feel tougher afterwards. But hearing your story, I can't imagine how tough you must feel. Well, and it's true. My mental toughness has been taken to another level, whether I, you know, whether I, you know, wanted it to or not, you know, which 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 I do want to be as mentally tough as I can, as both an athlete and 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 a, and a human, right? Um, but it's not so much of like oh, I'm so great. It's like well, I didn't have a choice. Like it was just like you're in labor. It's taking forever, and you know. So you know, it's not like I I I am gonna go get some tattoo about it. Um, but that being said, as a result, like sometimes we don't know how tough we are until we're we're, we're forced and we have no other option. Um, you know, that can happen with, with things like someone having cancer or something that's, that's more than like just, I mean, I had a baby. People have babies all the time around the world. You know, it's not like anything that special per se, certainly special to me. Um, but I do feel a lot mentally tougher. And I know that a lot of moms come back as athletes very strong. And so what's been a little bit frustrating is that I feel like mentally I'm ready to have just the best races of my life. Physically, though, it just, it takes a while. I have to get my iron levels back up. My body is is, is, is healed, um, but I still am, you know, I'm still nursing. And so my body is prioritizing that. Like I had an ankle sprain and it just took forever to heal because I'm, I'm it, my body's not prioritizing me. My body's prioritizing milk for the baby, which, which I appreciate. Don't get me wrong. Like right, that is right. more important, but I'm also, um, you know, paying our family bills right now while my husband job searches now that we're here in Boulder. So it's just like, you know, it there is there is that pressure. There is yeah. that. Um, and it's really, it's, but it's coming more from me because my, my sponsors, Cliff Bar, Human Octane, and um, Human, they're Human and Be Elite, uh, Makers of Be Elite. They're awesome. They're not putting pressure on me. I'm putting pressure on me. And it's also just a matter of, I love to do it. I miss being around a community of people. I mean, I used to do road 5K road races in Seattle like almost every other weekend. And I would dress up as a turkey for Thanksgiving, as a donuts in my sports bra for the Top Pop 5K. I would dress up as, I mean, you name it, Santa Claus, Mrs. Claus, whatever. Um, and it's actually some Wonder Woman plenty of times. And um, sometimes some of my best races were when I was actually dressed up because I would relax but then also like you know when you're running a wearing a wonder woman costume at a race and people are like wow go wonder woman in a non-conceited way you start to feel pretty empowered you're like oh man yeah like okay you know yeah because <laughs> it's not about you you yeah. just channeled someone else how yes. cool is that so i kind of want to understand something because you're speaking fairly articulately or almost as if like you've had some therapy on some of these issues and I wonder, are you like a student of the science and process of training in the body? Or are you someone who's more like spiritual, I'll go with the flow? Or did, like, for instance, with your uh, childbirth and maybe with your training, do you study and are you, you know, down to the, I don't know, do you get yeah. what I'm saying? Down to I the I think detail? I do, yeah. Um, I would say be once I really committed to going to the birth center and knew I wouldn't have um, any, like an epidural as an option, I started to do some meditation on it. Um, and so every night I would um, listen to this very hippy dippy, wonderful, your body can't, like, your body is meant to do this. <laughs> Open, think of opening, opening. Like, just like it was a very, it would show God, flowers so cool, and that relaxation though. music. And it was, it was, it was actually, it got me into this mindset of like, and it wouldn't use the huh. word pain in association with labor. It would just say, 
I welcome the sensations, every sensation. Um, uh, it's like my baby is over on the island. And every wave that comes takes me one, uh, you know, foot closer to the island where I get to meet my baby. And it was super, like, hypnotherapeutic in a way. Um, and my husband, Tim, is a hypnotherapist. Um, he hasn't, he's, he's taking all the so certifications. Cool. He hasn't really gotten a chance to practice yet. Um, although he practices all the time as, like, a personal trainer just w- with people. But he hasn't, like, had a formal practice yet. But he really is looking forward to doing that. And so much of it is mental. I mean, the, the, the labor and delivery. But the also just um as an athlete too i feel like as athletes we put so much time into you know the 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 strength portion the running portion the cardio whatever um but sometimes we just neglect that mental component there can be incredible physically fit athletes standing on the starting line head cases and they can just you know mess up their own race and run race far under their potential because mentally they weren't prepared for the weather or this competitor they weren't expecting to show up to show up or whatever the case may be and i've actually taken even before i met my husband some hypnotherapy classes course uh like therapy like like one-on-one therapy um and it focused on calm and confidence on the starting line mm-hmm. and so in hypnotherapy some people are like what is that it's it's actually pretty simple it was like hi what do you want to work on okay great and then i would just lie back in the chair and she would just like um, spend like 10 minutes or 20 minutes doing like progressive muscle relaxation like tighten your face relax your face tighten your shoulders relax your shoulders it was like imagine you're in hawaii and the sun is beating down the sun is beating down and you know you just you get to this really this place where it's almost like if you're thirsty you can drink a glass of water and you can you know get water in you but if you're thirsty and you get an iv it's like going straight to your system so after you're like so relaxed physically and your in your mind is essentially like the the the, the 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 ongoing you know data monkey mind is turned off and it's just like clear as if you really are on vacation with nothing to think about and then someone says you are calm and confident on starting line you know you have put in the work you are here to shine you and you and you just like soak that in for like 30 minutes um it's pretty amazing like you get off and you're like Put me in, coach. Like, I am ready, you know? Um, That is so cool. I actually think that you should do that again. And people listening, you need to, like, save this part of the audio track. (laughs) Right. Do it again for us here. We've calmed. Our minds are clear. We've got all those little thoughts that are jabbing at us out, okay? Tell us what we need to hear on the starting line. You are calm and confident. You have done everything you need to do to excel during this race. You will have a wonderful time because you are calm and you are confident that you will get the results that you so wish for. Enjoy a sense of calmness and confidence on the starting line. Oh, yeah. And clapping. But imagine hearing that. Like, oh again, super gosh. relaxing, like just chilling out, and then just hearing that, like an IV yeah. in your system. Hypnotherapy is pretty cool because, um, yeah. Well, wait, did you use this in the birth too? Like, that you use this to prepare for mm-hmm. the birth, but it's taking you, or is all connected somehow? I mean, it's just, it's, um, it's all connected in that I've always been um, very... Um, aware of the importance of the mental aspect of, mm-hmm. of sport. And, and, and honestly, I saw labor and delivery as, as uh, an, in, an endurance, endurance event. event. And, yeah, and it really, truly totally. ended up being so. Yep. Um, 
but even if someone is quote unquote only in labor for four hours, four hours is a long time. You know, it's like, it's, it's a long time. So, um, so I think that, and then just in general, in my family, you know, I have a lot of people in my family and for some people, um, like in my husband's family, you know, things like cancer runs in the family. So, you know, he had, his mom had breast cancer a couple of times and, it, and in my family, we're all physically pretty, you know, Wow. Now my mom had skin cancer, my dad had prostate cancer, but really they're they're doing just fine at ages seventy six and ninety. But it's more we have more mental illness that runs in our family, and so for me, seeing some siblings really go through some deep depression and and and, and, and even other other flavors of you know bipolar and, and just other flavors of mental illness that are that can be quite debilitating. Um, I like proactively went to counseling in college i went to a quote-unquote sports psychologist well we end up talking about my dysfunctional family the whole time and mm-hmm. how i can navigate yeah. you know myself through that and how i can um you know not feel guilty if i'm actually you know living a, a, a good and generally happy life whereas a sibling of mine is going through a really rough time and how can i be there for them and and they would want me to enjoy my my time in college and it was just it was really great for me and so i just got this habit of of going to see a counselor whenever i needed basically a checkup um it's so amazing and you know i think uh and i read before we met that you were sort of an advocate for people who suffer from mental illness and we talked about this a little bit and so what you're explaining is more like this idea of like al-anon for mental health which probably exists right something like that where it's the family members who don't have the disease who are seeking some help so that they can be there for other people exactly yep but what we also talked about recently is like you being extra sensitive to yourself and after you had your baby maybe going through some of these waves yourself yeah and being able to recognize them and say in 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 just um yeah i always want to work on like reducing the stigma around mental illness because it's it's an illness i mean it's like when my husband um tim had cancer in his abdominal cavity this is rare cancer like no known reason three years ago um you know he got flowers he got well wishes and all that but then you know when a brother of mine is going through a really rough bout of a mental illness he doesn't get flowers he doesn't get i mean he's those of us around can be there for him but it's still just different our society doesn't reach out and say hey and then for me um um just being very uh uh just uh, not open isn't really the word but just um, having an awareness and not having a stigma around um any sort of mental illness for me it's like okay let's see this all the stuff runs in my family and i haven't had any like serious issues with mental illness diagnosable type stuff i've had my you know quarter life crisis after college being like mm-hmm. now what do i do with my life and you know totally. <laughs> but i had then i had some friends who were like oh yeah i went through that too and then um so kind of more more you know common i suppose things but then after having a baby i was like oh man i need to be careful because if this stuff runs in my family you know i could be a candidate um and so my husband tim was really like awesome and like uh, on board with as, as much help as he could he could he could be and all that and um but at the same time, I still like, you know, we move, which I thought would be a good decision. And I, and I think that it still will be. But taking myself from my family and friends, granted, I was able to remove myself from a little bit of the dysfunction, which I like to normally be there to help out with. It makes me feel better that I can be there and involved with my sleeves rolled up. Okay, what needs, you know, what's the fire that needs to be put out right now? 
but at some point I needed to also really focus on um, my baby and in my own little family. So moving was good for that. But then I left my left my family, I left my whole support system, my, my good friends and all that. And then um, that's been hard. And then trying to find new training groups and all that. And then having little injuries here and there and not having my, you know, great massage therapist who gave me discount rides. So it's just like, these are all very much first world problems. Let's just step back for one moment here. But... You know, but then the threat of my of my husband's um, curable, treatable yet it's treatable yet incurable cancer. The threat of that coming back at some point, I wouldn't necessarily call that a first world problem. That's always kind of like oh, hanging over the head. Um, but he is awesome, and he has got like the best attitude. He actually has this awesome blog. He's written about it called Race Sherpa Rises, and he is just like talk about like. I basically married a counselor. Like I basically married like an on-call counselor. He is the most like intuitive, um, very em- emotion. He's a lot of emotional intelligence. And there are times when we were dating where he'd be like, "Hey, are you okay?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm fine." He's like, "Are you sure you seem a little different?" And then I was like, "Oh yeah, I mean, I guess I did just see something really disturbing on the news." <laughs> it's like, how did you know that better than I did? And I think for me, a lot of my um, my mental um, my mental health, my mental therapy has come from running every day. I get a daily dose of endorphins, and so I usually am not one. Even though I'm on one hand really competitive, and I want to always you know do my best and and reach great heights in athleticism. I've also never been one to just like run through injuries no matter what because winning any no one particular race, winning a one like a one particular race has never been as important to me as making sure that I can I can run, you know, I- I- as long as I'm alive. So I have that endorphin boost and I have the social aspect that comes with it and the um just the the, the mental health of like being outside and in 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 the woods and there's just there's so many parts of it that feed my soul that I don't want to sacrifice that for any particular win. Um, now, if I was lined up in the Olympics, okay, you know, maybe I changed my mind, but, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've stood on probably at this point over 200 starting lines. And in while every race does mean a lot to me at the same time, I think I just have that, that, that perspective of I've had great races. I've won state championships in high school. I've had races where it's like, what happened out there? Um, super disappointing races. And I know that the world spins either way. And honestly, like my parents, they've got nine kids. They, I think I can count on one hand how many times they watched me race as a kid. Not that they didn't care, but it just was like, you know, chaos. They're going to love me the same either way, whether I'm winning a race or never running again. I don't even know if they know which type of races I ran in college. But um, but there's actually like a non-pressure element of that. So I know the world spins no matter what. And, you know, again, over 200 races, it's just something, it's a part of my lifestyle I want to be able to do. And it's actually been, you know, weird to not be doing it as a, you know, through pregnant. Although I did run a half marathon, run slash jog at the end walk, a half marathon at seven months pregnant. Um, so I did still find ways to, 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 to sneak in stuff in the last mm-hmm. year and a half. But essentially, I've not been racing as much as I used to be. And I'm really excited to get back out there i know yeah it's true because part of this came up because we were talking about like the endorphins that you get from running and this is your history you've been running since how old uh, my 15th birthday was the first day of track practice oh, in really? high school. Mm-hmm. Wow, cool. And you're uh, from the Pacific Northwest, right? Yes. But So you ran through high school. You said you won state champs in high school. Yeah, cross country meters. Track? Oh, 800 track, meters. Track, yeah, cool. track, yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Um, and then you got recruited to college, right? Yeah, yep. So I ran for Georgetown four years there. We ran cross country. Um, yeah. I played soccer 
um, my first year really? in high school. In oh. high school. Um, but then I realized I, the only reason I was even decent at soccer was just because I could run. I wouldn't like to have all these crazy soccer skills. Like I skills hope the ball goes where I yeah, think it, it was should. like yeah, I took a lot of shots on goal. I mean, <laughs> not a lot went in, but I took enough shots that you know I made enough goals to, to whatever. But anyways. Um, but the thing about running is that, yes, I get my endorphin boost, but racing is a whole nother level because mm. there's the community, tons of people, um, like road races, just the community aspect in the energy is so amazing. And in, 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 on one hand, do I love to win and, and just do well because it feels good, like satisfying? Yes, but I think I really love to do it because it's the best way to have absolute strangers walk up to you and be like, wow, you're amazing or you inspire me. It's like that that doesn't happen when I'm cooking because I'm not cooking that great. You know, it's like I, that is like the talent that I have happens to be running. And that and when you do really well, people respect that and they walk up and they give you this huge dose of positive energy. And I've said before, I wish I could take the positive energy I get after winning a road race or an obstacle course race or, or whatever track race if i could bottle that up and just like give it to all the depressed people in the world it would the world would be a different place and so it's just that i miss that 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 is motivating it's definitely like a drug isn't it and there's people who they don't enjoy the racing they only enjoy the training and it looks to sounds to me like you're someone who really enjoys the racing. I'm sure you enjoy the training too, but mm-hmm. like the racing is what fuels yeah. I you. love starting like people. Some people, um, there's someone who I used to who used to race a bunch of Spartan racing, and she would say she hated the starting lines, and she uh, would get so upset the night before racing, and she was so obsessed with winning, and she basically said she made us all and like anyone who'd ever beaten her, which there weren't that many people, but. She basically made us her enemy, and it was just like I could feel it too. In the starting line, I'd be like, "Oh gosh!" Like just like you know, darts being like thrown at you wow. practically. Um, and that just not to not to say that I'm so perfect because I'm not. Believe me. But in this particular instance, I I just I never ever was one of those people who like made an enemy of my friends of my competitors I always figured if I make friends with them you know some of them I'm seeing on the circuit more than I see my other friends so you may as well be friends because you're seeing each other a lot but then it's like either I win or my friend wins um and I remember thinking about this there was one time where I there was a road race I'd won the year before and I was in great shape because I was trying to um make the Olympic trials in the mile and but this is a 10k and there were two women who were trying to make the Olympic trials in the 10k so they were in better shape than I was um and even though I'd beaten them the last year for some reason they were in better 10k shape than I was and they beat me and I remember being I did a cool down with them and they were my friends so I was super happy for them you know in a good mood with them but once the cool down was over and I wasn't around them I kind of sunk in like oh man I really you know, that race, prize running was $1,000 gift certificate to Nordstrom and I wanted to use it to buy my wedding dress. And I like made the mistake of like kind of planning it out already, which don't ever do that. Um, but I learned and I was kind of in a bad mood that day. And I remember and I was bad, in a bad mood around Tim, my fiance at the time. And I remember thinking, hold up, no, 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 no. You don't be in a bad mood. That's silly. You didn't, you had a race, you're, you're in great shape. You just didn't, you know, win the race that you wanted to win don't 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 bring others down because of that you were doing this you know i wouldn't even know if i'd call myself semi-pro at the time but um was personal training mainly it was like this is essentially a hobby now it's a professional thing but still it's like don't bring others down because you didn't have a great race do all you what you can in the race and if it's not great think about what went wrong learn from your mistake but 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 
don't wreck the day for yourself or others. I learned that that day at that particular road race. Um, I think it was probably, it had been like 2011, 2012. And, and, and ever since then, I was like, nope, I just need to always keep that perspective. So to hear someone else being like, oh, I'd cry the night before the race. I'd cry after the race if I didn't win. It was just like, thank you for the reminder that that's not how I want to be. <laughs> that's not sustainable yeah. for me as an athlete. So I love to win because mm. it, yeah, it's fun. It, you know, it feels great. It's satisfying that the effort you put in um, you know, meant you had this great day, this great performance, but also I just love the positive energy you get, you know, when you win. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we all have things in our life that we're very good at. It's like what we, what we could win the Olympic gold at is everyone has an Olympic gold in them. I it's, agree. It's, Crocheting maybe. Yeah, but it yeah. could be anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, being a parent, being whatever. Being a great sleeper. I mean, I wish I could win the Olympic gold in that. We should talk about that, oh, actually. Um, but, uh, but you know, so when you do find that thing that you're incredible at, it feels so good to get the accolades. So I totally sure. understand that. It's human. I do. Yeah. And, um, and I also understand this idea, too, though, that we often go into events with expectations. Mm-hmm. Racing is a very clear and obvious one. And I, first of all, love the idea that you were going to buy your uh, wedding dress with the gifts. Or they <laughs> it's but, practical. <laughs> but here's the thing. I mean, if you're racing yourself, you might have won. Winning doesn't necessarily mean everything because you can't control how good of a race someone else has exactly you can't control yep. how good a shape they're in you can't mm-hmm. control a lot of things about a place that you may get right exactly and that's what i miss about track and field in track and field you could get last place in a race and but say hey i just hit my um 5k pr at the stanford you know invite you know like i've said before i'd take last place in the olympics I'd have loved to have been the last person to make the Olympic trials. I was trying so hard to make, you know, it's like... To be the last person. Yeah, it's like, I would have loved to skim me, skim by in the seam of my pants. So so you're right, and that's a really important thing to remember. Um, And, you know, if someone just wants to always be the best at something, they can just surround themselves with people that they're better than and never really get pushed out of their comfort zone. And 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 that's fine if you want to be a big fish in a small pond, but if you want to really grow as an athlete or as a chef or as a whatever you've got to put yourself around people who are better than you and 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 and, and learn from them and grow and 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 you see them as a way to you know become better at this skill yeah. that you're trying to hone and, it, and it's humbling and that's good it's good to be humbled i've been humbled a bunch um recently um you know starting back racing uh postpartum and it's you know i'm like okay this is my seattle hometown race i'm the first you know televised race or you know live stream race now um for spartan and i won it two years ago and now i'm excited to go back out there and do the best i can but it's like a little 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 injury after a little setback after this and that and it's like i won it two years ago and then i got 17th place but the thing is is that i i was able to keep a good perspective and i and i, and I focused on um you know their performance goals and outcome goals the outcome goal mm, is i want to like that you know, I want to, you know, finish in the top, you know, 10 at least, if not secretly top three and like, okay, I really kind of want to win it. I'm not going to lie, guys, but I won't ever say, say that. It's like, okay, that's an outcome goal. Um, and in track and field, what's nice is that you can have an outcome goal of, oh, I want to get top three or whatever, or I want to break, you know, 16 minutes in the five. You can have a different type of outcome goal where it's not based on someone else's performance or some random new person showing up who's just amazing. So track is nice in that regard. In something like an obstacle course race, it's all just about 
basing off other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Unless you find creative ways to have an, an, a non-outcome goal, like a performance. Oh, so then you right. Outcome goal um, is pretty much just, um, you know, placing. Um, but um the per- or sorry yeah yeah but performance goal is focused more on um how am i going to perform am i going to it could be something like keep positive thoughts the whole time or it could be like an obstacle course race it could be um you know really work hard on the hills which i don't normally like to do or work hard on the flats which i don't normally like to do or um really focus on relaxing before i throw my spear or you know um just whatever mm-hmm. i mean and, and as a track athlete or um a road racer it could be i'm going to really focus on keeping my shoulders relaxed and um my arms nice and low while i'm running or whatever right. you know like keeping my knee drive really great even at the end of the marathon whatever um something that's a performance goal that you know no matter what no matter what the weather's like no matter who else shows up i can say i'm focused on keeping my mantra the whole time or not going out too quick or whatever um so it's nice to have it's almost like a task both yeah versus mm-hmm. sort of the bigger picture yeah. yeah and often those little mm-hmm. tasks are what can lead to a great bigger picture right. if i keep a positive mindset say my mantra over and over make sure i don't go out too quickly make sure i keep my jaw relaxed because i tend to make my jaw too you know tight or whatever you know people know right. themselves um often that will end up leading to right and those are the things you can practice mm-hmm. and you know i think one of the there's a dangerous line here with this idea of attachment to outcome because yes you want to be a little bit attached because it's going to drive you to keep pushing and keep practicing sure but you don't want to end like you did and what you learned at that race when you didn't win the nordstrom gift certificate where you're disappointed and your energy is bringing other people down and you're probably becoming the thing that you don't love about yeah exactly and 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 um and that's Again, it's something that I want to be able to do my whole life, and I know that that's not emotionally sustainable for me or for my relationships. And 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 to be honest, I, w- I wasn't even like in a terrible mood. I was just in like enough of a of a of a, of a little bit irritated to be like, no, 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 hold up, time out, check yourself, don't, because I didn't want also to get like worse and worse. Because again, I've seen people in really bad moods if they don't win, and it's just like that's not that's not going to work for me. Not yeah. not if I'm going to race, you know. 12 to 15 times a year sometimes and you're not going to win everyone. I don't care who you are. You're not right. going to win every time. Absolutely. Um, or maybe even podium every time, right? So um, so that was an important day for me. And then um, the other thing I was going to say is um, something about, yeah, just the idea of when your friends, either you win or your friends win. And, um, oh, you know, you, it's, it's not – you know, it's nice to not be so attached to just the outcome because, again, you can't control so many things. But to be driven by, I want this particular goal. If I'm doing my best, it, it means I should finish around, you know, top three for my age group or whatever the case may be if you're a triathlete or whatever. So it's nice to be able to kind of have that that gauge to say, did I really do my best? Um, and if so, I should. if I've raced enough, I know I should be around there. So if I didn't get around there, was I really pushing myself? Was I really as tough as I could be? Because the thing is, is that what I love about competition and racing is that it brings out my best. Other people bring out my best. I'm if I have to go do a really hard track workout by myself on the track, I can I can eke it out okay, but it takes a lot of energy. But you throw me with a fun training group and a good coach who's just enthusiastic, and I can hit some 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 great you know workout times with half the effort. 
than when I'm by myself. And, and I'm not, but I'm not competing with them. It's just the group energy. But even if we have a good mindset while competing in a race, you you can really push each other. You might even cheer for each other as you're passing them or they're passing you. But you're but you're still trying to do your best. You know, you're not maybe stepping aside, saying, "Oh, go ahead. You still got to work to get around me." But you know what? You're doing a great job and. You yeah, go, you know? Absolutely. So finding that balance, that, like, that healthy relationship with racing is something, it, much like a healthy relationship with food. You know, that's a whole nother thing uh-huh, too. But like, absolutely. I remember thinking at some point, it's like, man, I, I'm really grateful for having a healthy relationship with food and a healthy relationship with racing. And these are not things to take for granted. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. Especially as a woman today. And mm-hmm. I'm so excited to see the increase in body positivity across the board. Yes. Everybody, not just athletes. You know, that's the world I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's just incredible. And if you can be on the forefront of, I'd say, um, being an advocate for loving yourself as you are. Yes. And food yeah. is a big part of that. Oh my gosh, are our lawn guys here? Do you love us? <laughs> oh, cool. Totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. You guys can maybe hear that. I thought it was thunder. Well, that might that be happening looks too. fun. Yeah. Well, this like is a stand up. Yeah. Lawnmower? It's kind of crazy. Let's see if they do a good job. You know, it's <laughs> funny. We pay like 25 bucks and they're literally here. We should time it like five minutes. I got to get that job. That is That's a really fun. good job. Like yeah. you can make thousands of dollars an hour. <laughs> Yeah, basically renting a, like a scooter, a, a scooter lawnmower. <laughs> but but with the positivity, the body positivity, as a personal trainer for ten years now, um, I haven't done it a ton in the last couple of years. But um, but I was doing it full time for a long time, and I really love it because it also just as an athlete allows me to have some time to focus on someone else and their goals, and and I need that. I don't always want it focused just on me. Um, as a personal trainer, I found that the people who end up getting the best results are the ones who are doing it out of a place of love for themselves mm. and not like a hatred of I'm overweight and I need yeah. to you know punish myself and starve myself and right. work myself hard it's like I love myself and I want to feel fitter and healthier and these are the things I need to do to get there so because I've heard someone say oh body positivity yeah but like if someone's really overweight they should be healthy and take care of themselves it's like no no you're missing you're missing the point like if you love yourself it's much easier to feel right. motivated to you know do whatever it is you need to do to feel healthy and, and whether it has that might have nothing to do with weight it might just be uh, drinking more water so you feel healthy or or or, or getting out of a bad yeah. relationship I mean there are all kinds of ways to to feel healthy um but but yeah body obviously is part of it this is huge because um I think this is sort of the concept of which thought comes first. So a lot of people start with a negative and they go, I don't like this about myself. And for a lot of people, you know, it can be weight, right? Sure. I'm overweight. I And and then they hate themselves for oh, it. No. Or the, it, it manifests self-hate. But I've heard so many times from people with success stories that if they have that chance and and somehow the power to turn it around and start to love themselves then it they start losing weight they may not even change a freaking thing but the thing that they wanted so bad possibly is being fostered 
yeah negatively and when you Mm -hmm. turn it around to the positive Mm -hmm. you're going to see results yeah i deserve to Mm -hmm. feel confident in my own skin i deserve Mm -hmm. this like that sort of feeling as opposed to oh well i don't deserve it because i'm lazy or i'm this or that or i mean it's in in, and we all deal with stuff like this sometimes it comes out in weight sometimes it comes out in unhealthy relationships sometimes it comes out in um drinking or, or smoking or it just it's just it's just that when you're when you're when you're an athlete you what you're good at is usually kind of more obvious and apparent shown in your body but you could be the most amazing singer on the subway and nobody knows unless you start singing to the song you That's know so true. it's like wow. it's just it's interesting the different talents that people have and how on one hand it's like i get you know as athletes we can get so many props and um just walking down the street someone can be like oh wow you look you know oh you look so fit or oh wow you look so fit as a pregnant person all that stuff but at the same time it's like you know i'm not singing and cooking and doing all these other amazing things that other people are doing but we just don't know about so like you said i love it it's like we all have something that we are very very good at and to be able to find that and be passionate about it and, and have the ability to develop it mm, um, is key it. to that 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 yeah. self-esteem, that feeling of self-worth, which is also a way to, to, to feel that self-love and want to be healthy and all that. Well, let's talk about, let's go back to the postpartum blues because yeah. we're talking about self-love here mm-hmm. and being self-aware. And mm-hmm. that's one thing I love about you is that from my understanding, you're very self-aware of when you hit these points that could become scary or dangerous to other people. Yeah, and the thing is, is that, like I said, I think I have, um, I just have more of a heads up coming from a family that's prone to that, and just it's mm-hmm. been such a part of the conversation in my family for so long that it's just like, hey, that that could happen, like you know, um, and so it's something where it's like, okay, I remember just like. I don't know if you guys have if you've seen the movie Dumb and Dumber. It's like so stupid, but I just absolutely love Everyone's that movie. Everyone's seen that I movie. I know, right? Are you kidding? Seriously. With the scene where like, Harry and Lloyd um, are like crying at a commercial and they're like using the dollar bills to blow their nose. And like there are some times where there'd be like a commercial, like a sentimental commercial, and I'd just be crying. And it's just like, okay, why am I crying? This is ridiculous. Um, but I'd be crying over something that was really happy or something that was really sad all of a sudden or just no reason. It just was like, okay, this is weird. Like, this is different. And then I just realized, like, okay, it just must be part of that just hormonal, just like your body's trying to get back to normal after having a baby, but it takes so many months and these fluctuations are just, you know, weird. And then, but then also, so part of it is just like, okay, this is just hormonal. This is just like, your body's different and and when I say body different I mean like internally I mean I'm not just saying like oh I have you know I look different I just mean like it's my body is different as in like brain chemistry or whatever you know hormonally mm-hmm. on, on an interior totally. internal mm-hmm. level um and and so there's that element which is just like okay I'm just going for this roller coaster ride buckle up but then there's also other elements that come into play that are a little bit more like like more cause and effect like okay um we just moved and okay I'm I'm, okay, I'm tired because my baby wakes up a lot um and in feeling fatigue is um and, and then going trying to go for a run and not being able to run very quickly um where I think I should be at by now because I'm so tired it's like that's just kind of like depressing is too much of a word it's not that it's depressing but it's just like it's it's like oh man that, that that's a bummer i'm starting to get feel frustrated and then you pile on like three or four more things on right. top of that like we literally yeah like, <laughs> yeah it just gets to be like oh like uh, 
I'm, you know, and then I try to like always like keep perspective, like, hey, your life is great. You know, keep that perspective of, you know, there, are, there really are kids starving in Africa. Like there really are, you know, and let alone being able to be like, okay, I have brothers who are in group homes for a while. Like your life compared to that is so much better. But then usually that would make me feel good if it was just like, oh, I got a stress fracture, but it's going to be okay because really my life is good. And I need to just remember this. But then with the hormonal component postpartum, the normal like talk myself through like hey you know what keep the perspective everything's fine and just work through this obstacle it ended up making me feel more just guilty like uh-huh. how could you like guilty like oh like 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 how could you feel you know, guilty about that like how could you feel not not you know you have a healthy baby and you're so lucky and like how dare you complain about being you know um tired when you have a healthy baby and you have you know friends who are still trying to get pregnant it's like then just like it was more guilty than just like keeping that perspective totally. and so it was like hmm, this is different so i've just had to learn to a do self-care it's like self-care i stopped doing it because it was just something that went out the door and it's like get well, the self-care you only have enough time right time, energy right. money i mean all of it is like it's just you know you move and then you know, again my husband's job searching it's just like it's just yeah all these components are like Rah. but this is a common thing for anybody sure. and especially moms who have a child like the first thing to go well first of all when you're pregnant self-care is like your job you have to take care of it but then you have a baby and like you're exhausted and you still have to do all these other things plus have a child and your own self-care is generally going to come last yeah and you don't even realize it you're just like oh i didn't even realize that i haven't done anything that i would consider just like fun or relaxing for myself even something as simple as taking like an epsom salt bath like i can't remember last time i did that because i'm pumping it after she goes to sleep i'm pumping so there's milk for in the morning when i run and it's just like again i can remember complaining but every day when i was pregnant but then after that, never again, right? <laughs> That's when you did that stuff. I get it. Totally. Yeah. So again, I like to keep the perspective of like, everything is great. Step back for a moment. But at the same time, try to find a balance and have some, you know, kindness to myself and say, yeah, you know, it, it is hard. Parenting is hard. It is hard. It's hard if you if you really are, are trying to do your best in, in care. And, you know, you know, it, it, it's hard. You're trying to like be attentive and get her fingernails clipped and make sure she's you know oh. getting the different foods that she needs and whatever it's like you know my husband's over there like making organic baby food and it's like is it hard because we're making it hard because we're just trying to overachieve here or is it just hard because <laughs> you're tired be. and babies just need a lot of care you know you know i do hear from people who are like you know give on the things that can give like hey you can't do cloth diapers don't feel guilty yeah. that you're doing disposables like give on the things you can give and, and give your best to the things you can give your best to. And I guess that comes down to like, do you believe that you can give your very best to every part of yourself? Because who are you today? Name the parts of yourself. I mean, I would always usually start with, you know, sister, daughter, you know, friend, kind of like that family and then move on to friend and then now partner to my husband and now mom but then but then at the same time that the, the athlete um personal trainer athlete yeah, that component is also a really big part of me too and um sometimes they're kind of like in in butting heads a little bit it's like mm-hmm. i need as an athlete i need to go to sleep but as a parent i need to go feed my child um is you know it's like so it can just be it's just a juggling act and i'm and i'm certainly not doing it gracefully i would say but i'm doing the best that i can and as far as i've 
you know, learn from others. No one's really doing it that gracefully. No. It's just, it's it's all new territory. We didn't learn this in school. No, I mean, I babysat right. all the time. It's different. It's absolutely, you're right. And, and I think that's one of the things is we have to be okay with not winning the Olympic gold in everything we do. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm definitely not even attempting cloth diapers. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's not good. Yeah, we didn't try it either, but I man. I wish for the environment and for all kinds yeah. of reasons I had, but oh goodness. Um, can we, you know, we've been going for a while, but I really do want to still, are you okay on time? Yes, thank okay. you. Okay, and we got a little while before Wilder comes home, maybe about <laughs> another 10 minutes. Um, I want to go back to something you just mentioned in passing a little bit here, which is the fact that your husband has an incurable cancer. And, you know, that's got to change a little bit of the way that you look at life. I want to, I want to understand, like, when this happened, you know, Tell me about the, how, did you get a phone call one day? And- yeah, actually, yes, yes. Um, so my husband, he is the type of person where it's like, he used to be a yoga instructor. He eats organic food. I mean, he is like healthy in mind, body, and spirit more than anybody that I know. Um, he's older. I mean, he is in his early 50s. He's 51. How old are so, you? And I'm 36. Same it's like your mom and dad. Age difference oh, as my, my parents. Because you I did know. say your dad is 90. I know. Ooh, yeah. And, but amazing. I have siblings who are almost as old as Tim. So it was, it was never weird. And he looks so much younger and he's fitter than a lot of the people who are in their mid-30s. So um, th- there's no element of that that was you know weird or anything. And I was a super mature 25-year-old. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> he was, let's say he was a very patient. He was How very, about very, he was an immature 40-year-old? Yes. No, not oh, that either. Okay. No, actually, no. A, wow. I think he was just a very patient 40-year-old, and he saw it. Um, you know, potential in this to work out at some point, but he did definitely some moments of like, oh boy, I'm really dating someone young. Um, but 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 anyways, it's it's been it's been great. I mean, he's he is this. such a great individual, and mm-hmm. we were friends for eight months. We're coworkers, so I was just like, who is this person that everyone just respects and loves, and like he's so because mm. this calming presence and. But um, but yeah, so I was off at a race. So so he. He he had this kind of like weird breathing issue, and he was like, "What, what is that? This seems odd." And like he's, he's been a really super athlete, um, and so I was out at a, at a race, um, and I got a phone call, and he was like, "Yeah, I, I, I got I went that doctor. You know that doctor I went to see? I was like, yeah." He's like, "Actually, I I I I I have an in in I." cancer you know some abdominal cancer and I was just like I just done a race I just won it it was really it was fun um and I was actually going to be con for an entire week because there were two different obstacle course races in Ohio I was going to stay and train on this cool place to train so I was just con for like an, a whole week and, and I was like I'll come home right away he was like actually maybe you should like go and race and like let this digest and I'll just do some research and like maybe just like not anyway so it was just like what does that even mean and so then we are going he actually it, 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 it was this weird rare form so it wasn't even just like oh it's x or y or z it was just like um peritone uh, pseudomyxoma peritoni um so basically he ended up having a 12-hour surgery his appendix must have burst at some point and spread some like mucinous um cancerous tumors so he had his appendectomy and then this 12-hour surgery they removed his spleen they removed all like um just scraped disease like you know some tumors and disease off some vital organs and it was just crazy um and then they put chemotherapy inside his abdominal cavity and then this sugar baker technique where they just kind of slushed him around it's so weird but um 
he's an amazing surgeon um, at Nebraska Medicine, and, and he did a wonderful job. But it was just, it was so scary. We were just going for runs and just crying. It's like we'd only been married for a couple of years, and we at some point wanted to have kids. And it's just was like, what, what is happening right now? And it really makes you stop and, and think a lot about, like, you know, what you planned your life to be and then what life might actually be and how lucky we are to be here every day and, and have each other and, and, and just all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, so then I'm sitting there for 12 hours during a surgery surrounded by his family in Omaha, and it just was like, oh, my best friend sent me this, like, amazing box of, like, toys and treats and calm covering. You know, so that was awesome. Um, my old Georgetown roommates, but... Um, it was a long time, but it was successful, and it's it's still in an in incurable form. So, even like he's like he's getting an MRI every every three months, and like his last one had a little spot of concern. So we're like, okay, well maybe he's gonna have to have another surgery at some point, but at least it won't be like a twelve hour like they're on top of it. But yeah. it's still just like a a feeling of like oh man, and now he's a parent, and he's such an awesome parent to our little nine month old daughter, and it's just like. Oh man, you just yeah, you just it's just another element of perspective, right? Yeah. And, and gratitude to myself. And usually I would use that to be like, oh, but you're so like like when you wake up in the morning next to someone who's battling cancer, it's like, okay, fine, my calf strain right now is probably going to be fine in a week, and you know, it's just talk about perspective. But um, but yeah, he's had such an amazing attitude, and his blog is uh, is really incredible to read. And um, we'll put a link to it. What's it called again? Uh, it's called Race Sherpa Rises, and it's called Race Sherpa because hmm. he goes to all my races. He carries my stuff. Yeah. He just he's just like a super super awesome supporter. And I just then again, I didn't have that growing up. Um, from my own parents just because of a lot of kids and, and, and not like a poor me thing just like just right. literally um it was fine i didn't know any different but to have him at every race and supporting it's just like wow you're whoa. so spoiled Rose. <laughs> i know but 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 what's fun <laughs> is that i but i really appreciate it because i know no different you know it's like oh my gosh like wow you're just gonna oh be there so, for everything well tim and Ta- it's taylor right taylor yeah what's her middle name taylor joy oh i love it will they be at your event here the they taping are. you're gonna do they're oh going to be into work and it's always it's overnight so it's late awesome. so i'm just hoping that taylor will like will find a way to like get her to nap and then be because she yeah. just she loves watching obstacles she loves watching me fly through the air she's active she's just spunky i remember i used to like take naps between um hard workouts uh or the, if i did a double yeah. workout in a day and now I like lay on the floor and play with her and she comes and she pulls my hair and she jumps on me and she <laughs> I mean it's super adorable but it's like okay I just have to realize that like putting my feet up and lying down is just yeah. gonna be as good as it gets not a full nap um but she's fun she loves to be outside and so I just I feel so so fortunate so that's why I'm like oh don't ever complain about anything because she's so awesome and you're so lucky to have her well you are but you know the complaining is a normal thing too and we have to be able to be okay yeah with yeah. feeling that discomfort but you are an athlete so you know how to push through those zones yeah. of discomfort yeah. so i totally get it all you know we've actually been pushing on through this podcast for over an hour oh my goodness can you believe that <laughs> it's amazing um there's so much more we can talk about now that you're in boulder i'm gonna have you on again yay thank Woo. you it's gonna be so great but um i want to ask just a couple more short questions here so as you're raising this beautiful baby girl, what trait do you think is most important for her to have to survive and thrive in this crazy world? You know, it's a really good question. And I, and I think that, you know, on one hand, a lot of people are like, be successful and this and that. And But really, at the end of the day, I just, I just want her to be kind and like mm-hmm. empathetic and like 
be able to connect with others and um and if that means that she is successful in in athletics or school or whatever that, that, that's great but just but not if she's stepping on others on, on in the process you know like just yeah to be able to connect with other people oh, and, and raise up others around her that that would that is what i would love to be able to see in her oh i love that all right, well, you keep doing what you're doing, and she's going to follow your lead. <laughs> All right, well, here's our final question that I ask everyone who comes on the show, which is if you could give our listeners, if you could leave them with one final piece of advice so they can run their worlds in a bigger and better way, what would it be? Um, it would be to 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 do just that, the, their their world. Like, focus on 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 them as far as um you know what's what's their passion not what their parents want them to do not what society you know is telling them to do it's like what is that saying it's like like think not what what the world needs of you but 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 do what makes you come alive because what the world needs is people who have come alive right So, so it's like what are you what are you passionate about not what you should do but what do you what do you want to do to help make this world a more, you know, um, joyful and, 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 and thriving and, and connected, kind place. And if and if you're doing something that, that makes you happy, um, whether it's you said do art instead of accounting or whatever, maybe you love accounting, that's okay too, but whatever it is that makes you come alive, do that because your 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 happiness can then be infectious to others. And at the end of the day, like, start with one person and, and we can make the world a better place. I mean, why not? We've got to at least try, right? We do. We do. Awesome. I love it. Thanks so much for coming out today. Thank you for having me. You're the best. And we're going to be cheering for you. <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. All right. I'm back. Great episode with Rose. What a rock star. Uh, it's easy to share when you're on top of the world. It's not as easy to share when you're struggling. And so I give her a lot of kudos because she's she's in the midst of some change right now. And I think there are many episode or many takeaways from this episode. And I think one of my favorites is Rose's centering exercise. Didn't you love that part? You know, it's what she uses to help her find peace and clarity on the starting line. It's like what I was talking about in the very beginning of this introduction of this podcast today. Um, you know, about remembering that there can be a calm place where you can have your priorities straight. (laughs) I think we can use that exercise throughout our lives and throughout our days. And we don't have to be giving birth to remind ourselves to welcome the sensation of whatever it is. You know, I think really the point is that it's important to stop fighting and start embracing. All right. Well, before we wrap up today, I actually, I haven't told you enough about this other cool thing I work on. Um, I have a nonprofit. It's called Running Start and I helped found it. It used to live as a marketing program within Skirt Sports and two years ago we changed it and turned it into a nonprofit. It stands on its own as a 501c3 because we wanted to grow it and we wanted it to be able to have a life that wasn't dependent on another company's resources. So here's what we do. We help women change their lives through running. I mean, it's super simple. And how we do it is in a unique and powerful way. Um, We take beginner runners who have serious barriers to fitness. 
I mean, I'm talking homelessness, depression, loss of a child. I mean, unimaginable things, a prison background, addictions, like you name it. Um, serious things have that have caused them to become stuck in their lives. And these women, uh, they apply to the program. And once they're accepted, we pair them with a personal motivator. So these are women who found strength and courage and so many other incredible things through running. And they know the power of what running can do to help, to help, if nothing else, create another coping mechanism for you as you, as you grapple with your barriers. So together, the pairs train for and complete their first 5K, the beginner's first 5K, that is. Um, so here's the deal. It's, a, it's an incredible program. It's having a huge impact um, on the women it touches right now, and we're growing it. We are raising money to grow it because we are serving more women who desperately need the help moving forward in their lives. Um, our current class is graduating on June 3rd at the Skirt Sports 13 or 5K, 10K. They'll be doing the 5K in Louisville, Colorado. If you're local, come out and join us. Uh, SkirtSports13er.com is the website. And when you're out there, cheer on these beginners. Uh, we're also currently doing a huge fundraiser. It's an online fundraiser. You can win a $1,000 Skirt Sports shopping spree. It's really huge if you win it. <laughs> You're going to win a lot. Um, and the more you donate, the better chance you have to win. You can donate as, as much as $5 or $200. Uh, if you donate 50 bucks, you will be pretty much assured that you're helping one woman go through the program. There's a link in the show notes, or you could go directly to a long URL, runningstart.tapkat.org. Uh, forward slash active woman dream sweepstakes or just go to running-start.org and you will see it in the drop down fundraiser okay then that's it for today everybody we're all in this together as we said before thank you for supporting me thanks for supporting the show thanks for writing a review those of you who did uh, it definitely helps us gain exposure to this incredible podcast all right, then, you know what time it is. It's time to get out there and run this world. Have a great workout, and I'll see you next week.